Hare Krishna. Good morning to everyone. Thank you for waiting for our class to begin, our Srimad Bhagavatam discourse. Coming to you from Radha Kalachanjidam in Dallas, Texas, USA. Those of you who are listening in online, uh, we welcome you. Or if you're listening by radio or by telephone, we're glad you could join us. We especially appreciate those of you who have other chores going on right now, getting ready for getting kids ready for school, getting spouses ready to go out and work, and yet you're taking a little time right now to engage in hearing some philosophy, philosophical discussion. So this morning we're going to be reading from the twelfth canto, eleventh chapter. And the texts that have been listed on the on our bullet, our board here are twenty seven and twenty eight. I think I am going to um, uh, regress a little bit. Um, I don't think I will read the verses that are on the board today because I was listening yesterday to. Uh, Bishambara Prabhu gave class yesterday in, in our temple room, and it was my understanding that he covered through text number 24. So I'm prepared to give a discourse today on text number 25. I think we'll continue with that plan, even though it might have been covered to some extent yesterday. Uh, that particular verse, text number 25 of chapter 11, canto 12, uh, that verse does not have a purport with it. But I saw uh, an idea in, in the text, in the translation itself, that I wanted to cover for today. So um, I, my name is Rupa Nogadas, disciple of, of Srila Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, who is a disciple of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And we'll begin today, as we usually do, by offering glorification of the Supreme Lord. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavallava Girivaradhari Jai Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Dasuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Dasuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamunati Ravanachari Jamunati Ravanachari Jayaradamadhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Om Vishnupad Paramahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hastotara Sita Sri Srimad's Divine Loving Grace Avoya Chananaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai 
Jayom Vishnu Pada Paramahamsa Parivajakacharja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimadis Divine Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Ananta Koti Vaishnavarind Ki Jai Iskan BBT Foundra Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Iskan Guru Parampara Ki Jai Sri Rupchi Sanatan Bhattaragunat Sri Jiva Gopal Bhattadasaragunat Satko Sami Prabhu Ki Jai Namacharja Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai Premze Kaho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasari Gora Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radhakund Giri Govardhan Ki Jai Sri Mandamandam Ki Jai Sri Maturadam Ki Jai Sri Mayapur Nabadvipdam Ki Jai Sri Jagannath Puri Dham Ki Jai Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji Dham Ki Jai Ganga Devi Ki Jai Jamunamai Ki Jai Tulsi Devi Ki Jai Bhakti Devi Ki Jai Samaveda Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai Brihat Madanga Transcendental Book and Prashadam Distribution Ki Jai Nittai Gaudra Premananda Hari Hari Bo all glories to the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Namo Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Shamate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Saraswati Deve Gaudapati Pachanine Nivasheshe Shinabari Pashtatade Shatarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chayvarudatamam Devim Sarasatim Yasantato Jayam Udirayat Nasta Praeshvabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhakti Bhavirinashtaki Gantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Once again, reiterating, uh, today we're going to not give the text that is on the on our bulletin board this morning. Um, we're going to be reading from text number 25. This is Canto 12, Chapter 11, text number 25. And I'll read the uh, I'll read the transliterations, and I'll do it as uh, as as in poetry form. This is uh, in the meter, I think, of the uh, Brahma Sangita. Shri Krishna Krishna Sakavrishnya Rishi Bhavani Drug Rajanya Vamsa Dahanana Parvanga Virya Govinda Gopavani Tavra Jabritya Gita 
Tirta Shrava Shravana Mangalapahibrityan. Once again, Shri Krishna Krishna Sakavrishnjarishi Bhavani Drug. Rajanya Vamsha Dahananapa Varga Virya. Govinda Gopi Vanita Vrajabritya Gita. Tirta Shrava Shravana Mangalapahi Brityan. And the word for word translations Shri Krishna, or Krishna, or actually it's Shri Krishna. O Shri Krishna, that's the translation. Krishna Saka, O friend of Arjuna, Vrishni, of the descendants of Vrishni, Rishava, O chief. Avani, on the earth, Druk, rebellious, Rajanyavamsha, of the dynasties of kings, Dahana, O annihilator, Anupavarga, without deterioration, Virya, whose prowess, Govinda, O proprietor of Golokodam, Gopa of the cowherd men, Vanita and the cowherd women, Braja by the multitude, Vritya and by their servants, Gita sung, Tirta pious as the most holy place of pilgrimage, Shrava whose glories, Shravana just to hear about whom, Mangala, auspicious, Pahi, please protect, Brityan, your servants. Now for the English translation. O Krishna, O friend of Arjuna, O chief among the descendants of Rishni, you are the destroyer of those political parties that are disturbing elements on this earth. Your prowess never deteriorates. You are the proprietor of the transcendental abode, and your most sacred glories which are sung by Vrindavan's cowherd men and women and their servants bestow all auspiciousness just by being heard. O Lord, please protect your devotees. I'll read the translation one more time. O Krishna, O friend of Arjuna, O chief among the descendants of Vrishni, you are the destroyer of those political parties that are disturbing elements on this earth. Your prowess never deteriorates. You are the proprietor of the transcendental abode, and your most sacred glories, which are sung by Vrindavan's cowherd men and women and their servants, Bestow all auspiciousness just by being heard. O Lord, please protect your devotees. Om Jnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namah Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakata Maya Dadati Swabarantikam 
ಬಂದೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರೋ ಶ್ರೀಯುತ್ತಪದಕಮಲಂ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುನ್ ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ್ಚೂಪಂ ಸಾಗ್ರದತ್ತ ಸಹಗನ ರಘುನಥನ್ವಿಥೀವಂ ಸಾವದ್ವೈತ ಸಾವದೂತ ಭರಿಜನ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯದೇವಂ ಶ್ರೀರಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪದನ್ ಸಹಗನ ಲಲಿತಶ್ರೀವಿಶಾಖನ್ವಿಥಂಶ್ಚ ಹೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕರುಣಸುಂಡೋ ದೀನಬಂಧೋ ಜಗತ್ಪಥೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಕಾಂತ ವರಕಾಂತ ನಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತಕಾಂಚಾನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ಬೃಂದಮನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭನು ಸೂತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯೇ ಬಂಚುಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯಶ್ಚ ಕೃಪಾಸುಂಡುಭ್ಯ ಪತೀತನಂ ಭಾವನೆಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಜೈ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಅ್ವೈತಕರಧರ ಶಿವಾಸರಿಗೋರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ನಾಮ ಓಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪದಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪೃಷ್ಠಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ತಮಲ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿನಿತಿ ನಾಮನೇ ಜಯಶಿಲ್ ಗುರುದೇವ್ ಜಯಶಿಲ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಇಸ್ಕಾನ್ ಗುರು ಪರಂಪರ ಸೊ ದನ್ ಥಾಟ್ ದಟ್ ಐ ಐ ಥಕ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಎಂಡ್ ಎಂಡ್ ಐ ಐ ಡಿಡ್ ಲಿಲ್ ಪ್ಲಾನಿಂಗ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ ಟುಡೇ ಇಸ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಸೆನಸ್ of the translation o krishna o friend of arjuna o chief among the descendants of rishni you are the destroyer of those political parties that are disturbing elements on this earth so we we understand that no one can do anything without the direct sanction of the supreme personality of god in i say direct but it could also come in the form of of the the very tight restrictive rules of krishna's material energy so uh krishna can both empower and destroy then the disturbing parties on the planet um uh, the the text states that uh, political parties that are disturbing elements on this earth so I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about that because sometimes people wonder why is it that uh persons can come into power that can cause distress and and suffering and death to so many of their fellow men on the on the planet if you if you look into the uh in, into the internet uh use a search engine and and uh look up number of persons killed during world war 2 it was in the into the many millions of people and not only the jewish people who were targeted by uh that political ruler at the time adolf hitler uh not only they but also people of his own country millions of the soldiers young men who uh, went to battle uh, uh for the for the sake of their leader adolf hitler uh they were convinced by him 
that uh, Germany was the predominant nation throughout the world and that they should be the ones to control the world, thereby bringing glory to the flag of Germany. So we wonder uh, if Krishna, if it is said that not a blade of grass moves in all the three worlds within this universe without the direct sanction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we wonder, how is it that such evil can come into power and can exist if Krishna is in control of everything? So we have to, we need to understand that. That is a question that has been answered in the Vedic literatures. So we, under, we, we come to an understanding that Krishna can empower even the demoniac persons. And we have many examples of that. Hiranyakashipu, for example, Hiranyaksha. Um, and and then uh, all the way into the pastimes of Lord Krishna when he came in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and and his his servants from Goloka uh, from Vaikuntha rather uh, Jai and Vijay uh, came to take their births as the demoniac personalities known as Jagai and Madai and so Krishna empowered them to cause distress to all the other people who were in the village of which they were members. Even though they were born into Brahminical families, still they had demoniac qualities. And we see that in this age of Kali, even in pious families, sometimes the children who appear bring distress not only to their family members too, but to other parts of the society that they're in. So uh, one increases one's desire through envy of others' possessions and qualifications. In other words, one of the qualities, then, that a person has is to become envious. It is possible for the spirit soul who comes into this physical body due to previous lifetimes' activities, then it is is possible that one's desires can increase uh, through envy of other persons' possessions and and their qualifications. And so we found that to be true, and it is still true, in this world that we're living in today. All we have to do is look no farther than the borders of our own country to realize that many politicians have as their total aim, it seems like, it seems to us, that they their goal, their focus on their term in office is to keep their party in power or to get themselves reelected into the position. And so we wonder where where does this where does this desire come from? Um, and we understand that the living entity, the Jiva soul who comes into this material world, has a certain amount of freedom. And one of the reasons he leaves the spiritual world was was coming just from some very slight desire to enjoy as the Supreme Lord enjoys. So they come into this world and they use whatever facilities they have, including their own intelligence, their own possessions, their wealth, to gain positions of political power in which they can then dominate, it over, dominate over others and thereby uh, help to satiate their desire for power, and and also they can gain wealth, which allows them to have a very much sense enjoyment in this material world.
So envy of other people then is one of one of the uh, characteristics then of persons who come into this world, gain power, and try to dominate others. There is the uh, facility to possess and rule that is given to those people. And if it does not come from the Supreme Lord, from whom else could it come? And the Lord is thereby, uh, he is uh, giving them the, the facility, giving them the inspiration, giving them the strength, giving them the connections that they need to, uh, to rule over other people, even though they're demoniac in nature. Or maybe we should say perhaps because they are demoniac in nature. And they, and so we, we see examples of that all around us. You know, from the time that we are just growing up as children, we see that there are others who like to dominate all the people that are around them. And when, and in schools, there is, there's this thing called bullying in which, uh, one or two persons get some influence because of either their uh, their wealth that they're born into or because they have some position on the football team or basketball team or because they happen to be uh, the leader of a, of a, of a, a group of, of young girls who want to establish their supremacy among their fellow uh, female students. Um, and so these things go on because of the tendency the spirit soul has uh, to become envious and to want to dominate other people. So they get the facility to possess and to rule by the, uh, uh, through the, through the means of the supreme personality of Godhead. They even can become the means of other people's suffering. And so we, we see this even during the time that Lord Chaitanya was on the planet. These two personalities, uh, uh, who were um, uh, Jagai and Mudhai, they had the they had the power. They were born in prominent family, and they had the power to uh, to terrorize the village that they lived in, uh, taking advantage of other people. So they failed to recognize uh, their own spiritual identity and that of others. In other words, all of these uh, uh, all of these terrible happenings, uh, taking advantage of others, making other people suffer for one's own gratification, is coming from a state of advanced ignorance. And because of this ignorance, then uh, people come to believe that they are are God's gift to the world, or maybe they don't even think that God is present that he doesn't have any control, and yet they are given the ability. So we, of course, the person observing from the outside says now, well, if God is, he, he, may, he may be just in, in his giving those persons power because they have deserved it from something they've done in their previous lifetimes. <coughs> and because they have maybe performed some kind of pious activity, they're given the opportunity to satisfy the desire to become rulers over other people. You might have, you might have heard the funny saying that, uh, you know, give some people an inch and they think they are a ruler. <laughs> Just kind of, 
it's kind of humorous. But isn't it true? You give give some people a little bit of power, and they enjoy it so much, having the position of authority over other people, that they want more power. And so Krishna's material energy then benedicts those persons to to gain the power. But now the question is, if if Krishna is actually just, and if he's a loving person, if, and he's in control of everything, and nothing happens without his will, then how is it that other people have to suffer just because some people are getting their desires fulfilled to be powerful and to rule over other persons, regardless of the harm that they cause to other persons. Why is it that, that, that some people have to suffer because of those persons that Krishna empowers to do hateful things? And what is the, what's, the, what's the answer to that question? That the people who are suffering are receiving their reactions from previous activities, just as the persons who are empowered to create the suffering. They're receiving their reactions to previous activities. Now, the pitiful thing is that that both parties, both the ones who are causing people to suffer and the ones who are suffering, both of them are, are creating more reactions that they will have to accept the reactions for in either in this lifetime in the future or in a future lifetime, another lifetime. So we have some people then who are coming back into this world, into the human form, after having spent maybe one or two or three, maybe a hundred lifetimes before in positions of rulership in which they they had they were empowered to to cause other people to have to enjoy or suffer and of course there even in in the times that the most demoniac persons are in office there are certain per, persons certain portions of the population who do not have to suffer so much but rather they're in a rather uh, enviable position and so we saw that and we we've, we've heard about this when when we look at uh, what what Hitler did during World War II uh, by taking away all the possessions of the Jewish people of his country, and not only his country, but the, some of the surrounding countries as well. Because he caused the German people to believe that these persons who call themselves Jews are persons who from is, Israelite background, uh, that, that, that they are the cause of any problems that our country is having to face. And as I understand it, uh, a lot of the banking industry in Germany right before World War II uh, was being operated by those persons who were capable of doing so. And many of them happened to be of the Jewish faith. And so Hitler turned the entire rest of society, those who were not Jewish people, he turned them against those. So we see then that that Hitler has been empowered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to bring both suffering to certain groups of people and to bring great enjoyment to other persons who, who then, because life is so good for them, they support their, their leader, their political military leader. They support them in, in the decisions that they make. 
And, and so they then are also implicated in their next lifetimes uh, for, for having caused others to suffer. So isn't, that, isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic that people come into this lifetime uh, not necessarily thinking about... I mean, when people are, are babies and then little children, you don't see so much of this tendency to want to lord it over others, even though it's present there to some extent in children, but not so much as it is when they get on up into into the fourth and fifth grade in school, which means eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. Then perhaps then we start seeing some of those uh, qualities that they had had developed in their previous lifetime. Now they're being they're they're having those qualities again in this lifetime. And others who were causing death and destruction in previous lifetimes, they come back into this world in this lifetime, and they also have to undergo the same kind of suffering that they imposed on others in the previous lifetime. Now, all that being considered, we think about the industries in this country now, and around the world for that matter, who are causing unnecessary suffering to large numbers of individuals. And one of those industries is the slaughterhouses, in which uh, hundreds, thousands, even millions of animals are ruthlessly slaughtered every day so that their flesh, the flesh from their bodies, can be eaten and enjoyed by other members of our society. And so we wonder, what, what have those living entities done to take birth in the form of cattle, which are taken to the marketplace and and they're killed, ruthlessly killed by uh, persons who are working in the slaughterhouses and the slaughtering industry. And the other uh, the other industry that I'm thinking about right now that causes considerable suffering is that of the abortion industry. Is the abortion industry the the fact that uh, and in, and just in in recent days if, even not just not not even weeks, but in recent days, we've been hearing about uh, different governments uh, around this country that are trying to clamp down and stop abortion, except in some the most extreme cases of rape or incest or, or some other, the, the mother's uh, bodily physical condition that might be, uh, she might give up her life by giving birth to a child. And, but for the most part, uh, the abortions that are that are, are performed are not for those reasons, not because of, of of rape or incest, not because of the mother's physical condition, but because it's just an inconvenience to have a child that one was not expecting to have. In other words, if if a, if a young woman who is not married or uh, uh, or even if she is married and she uh, has sexual contact with a man and becomes pregnant, then she might not have the uh, financial means to support a child or to support another child in her family. And it could be that she doesn't have a husband or a, a partner who is uh, willing to help uh, run the household and bring in the money. So we see that these two industries, abortion and, and slaughterhouses, are very much similar in that they take uh, innocent, so-called innocent living entities 
and and they uh, they either rip them from the bodies of their mother, or they they uh, they cut their throats and allow them to bleed to death in a slaughterhouse. And these are two horrible, horrible types of activities for which the persons who are participating are going to have to suffer. So we see that suffering comes only from the activities that one is, has performed in, in, the, in the past, either in this lifetime or in a previous lifetime. We see that the suffering uh, comes especially during a demoniac domination of a country or, or, or a city or even a village uh, by persons who have very demoniac qualities. And we see that, that, that even though there are persons suffering, there are some who are enjoying life according to their past activities also. If they happen to be uh, close family members or very close friends of the persons who are, 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 are causing so many people in the country to have to suffer, then they themselves will not necessarily have to suffer, but rather they they will they might enjoy a, an increased standard of pleasure in this lifetime. So uh, we see that uh, even one who appears to be a very pious person can suffer and will suffer. We see that amongst the devotees in our International Society for Krishna Consciousness, that everyone is going to have to give up his body at some time or another. But we see that some devotees have to suffer for a long time, and even they start start their suffering when they're, when they're much, much younger. Like we have a little friend over in uh, Pune, India, who is who is having to suffer from I think it's multiple sclerosis or some some kind of debilitating disease that is going to cause her little lifetime to be shortened and as, as she's just turned 18 19 years old I believe and and she she is you know very very dependent on her sister and her parents uh, to take care of her but at the same time she has a very keen intellect and she has a very uh, strong feeling of affection for our spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami, even though, as I, as I understand it, she never got to meet him personally. But just by hearing about, just about hearing about him and, and uh, watching his videos and listen, listening to his audio recordings, she has become very attractive. So there are some people who are, even though they're very pious, they, they are born into pious families, and they themselves have a, have a great deal of piety, as we can tell by their activities. They still sometimes have to suffer, and they have to tolerate sickness. And sometimes people have to tolerate the loss of, of their possessions, even though they appear to be pious people. And so we wonder, why is it that Krishna allows people who appear pious to suffer so much? Well, if they are not devotees of the Supreme Lord, then we understand that they're simply getting the reactions of their previous activities according to the strict laws of karma. I had, uh, when I was younger, back in my teens, I guess while I was, maybe while I was in uh, college for the first time, uh, I had an uh, uh, an aunt who was my mother's youngest sister, 
who was killed by an angry young man. Um, and, and she, you know, from the, from all appearances on the outside, she was, she was a very pious lady, uh, and she was a very gentle natured lady. But still, this kind of suffering came to her and came to her family members. And, and some of them became very angry, uh, because they didn't understand the reason that their beloved sister, their beloved aunt, their beloved mother, uh, they couldn't understand the reason that God permitted their, uh, their favorite person, perhaps, to have to suffer so much at the hands of an angry young fellow. But, uh, then we, um, Krishna has, 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 has recognized this and especially for the age of Kali. Uh, this age is the one of quarrel and dissent, as was mentioned, I believe, yesterday by, uh, uh, Bar Prabhu, or it was mentioned at an earlier time by someone else. That, uh, Krishna comes in, he either comes into this world himself, to annihilate, annihilate the miscreants and give give hope and 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 uh, respect to his devotees, or he sends uh, those jiva souls, those who are like us. He sends them into this world uh, for the sole purpose of removing the ignorance of the world, and the 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 whole world is suffering because of the ignorance that is present. Not knowing who we are, not knowing who others are, and how they're related spiritually to us, we've forgotten all of this. And it takes someone like Srila Prabhupada coming into this world just for the purpose of serving the Supreme Lord who wants to get all of his living entities back into the spiritual world. Even those who create so many problems the Lord can uh, can remove a lot of those reactions or at least reduce a lot of those reactions just because they have s- s- taken some slight notice of him. And, and now, because they have just a little bit of devotion, perhaps, in their lives that they brought with them, maybe they brought it from a previous lifetime. That sometimes happens, that even though a person is really hateful, they still have a little bit of devotion to the Lord. So Krishna recognizes that little bit of devotion, and he wants to fan it to become greater and greater. And so he allows the the living entity, the jiva soul then, uh, to come into this world and help to remove the ignorance from others. He leads them. uh, He leads the jiva. Once they express or once they even think that uh, they want to know more about this uh, spiritual life, they want to know who it is that is in control. Once they start looking for answers to questions like that, why are people having to suffer? Why do some people get to enjoy so much? Why am I uh, in a state of quandary not knowing who I am or where I've come from or what I'm supposed to be doing. So he leads those living entities who begin to have questions like that to sources of knowledge. 
And those sources of knowledge, then they can take the form either of a person or they can take the form of a person's teachings. And many of us who have come to this International Society for Krishna Consciousness have come here because of something that we read in the literature that Srila Prabhupada translated and explained. And so he, he, he began showing his disciples what it means to be loved by someone else. He showed genuine love by his own example. And we, ha- we have seen other disciples of Srila Prabhupada and grand disciples of Srila Prabhupada who have also imbibed this mood of wanting to show the ultimate love to other people, especially those of them who are, suffer- who are still suffering, and, and to help them to understand the reason that they're suffering. Because it's not just enough to put a Band-Aid on a, on a place that is kind of, kind of, uh, blistered up or sore on your skin. But rather, it, it, even though you would think that a person is being very kind to you to offer you something to cover up that spot and to allow it to heal, it's even, it's even more value if, if someone can, um, can help you understand that this is this this little uh, uh, lesion that has come up on your skin could be something very damaging to your entire body if it's not taken care of, and so Krishna then shows us how we can overcome uh, the the the, uh, the feelings of despair, the feelings of distress that we we come to feel from observing what's going on around us, and even from what we ourselves are having to suffer. So one of the characteristics of of Krishna's devotees who come to help others is that they remain very patient with others who are in a state of ignorance. And and this brought something to mind that I I saw uh, just yesterday or day before somebody posted a statement uh, of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, and he was he was giving some purport, some understanding to uh, one of the uh, texts that we have we have read here in the temple room just recently it's from the eleventh canto. Right now we're on the twelfth canto, but in the eleventh canto, there's chapter twenty-eight, and the very first verse in that chapter. I'll I'll read that to you. I'll read just the English translation. This is uh, Canto 11, chapter 28, text number 1. The Supreme Personality of God had said, One should neither praise nor criticize the conditioned nature and activities of other people. Rather, one should see this world as simply the combination of material nature and the enjoying soul's all based on the one absolute truth. There was a little. There was a short purport to this. Let me read just a little bit of this purport that was given by the disciples of His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. Material situations and activities appear to be good, passionate, or ignorant according to the interactions and the modes of nature. These modes are produced by the illusory potency of the Lord 
which is itself not different from its master, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So a devotee of the Lord remains aloof from the illusory temporary, temporary manifestations of material nature. At the same time, he accepts material nature as the potency of the Lord, and thus essentially real. The example may be given that modeling clay is shaped by a child into various playful forms, such as tigers or men or houses. The actual tigers, no, the modeling clay is real, whereas the temporary shapes that it assumes are illusory, not being actual tigers or men or houses. Similarly, the entire cosmic manifestation is modeling clay forms of illusion which absorb the minds of those who are not devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Raj was commenting that we should not, we should not criticize anyone, whether they're devotees or non-devotees, because we're all acting under the influence of Krishna's material energy or Krishna's superior spiritual energy. So there are some lessons that we can learn now from from these uh, from the text that we've read today and from the discussion we've had so far uh, that we can we can uh, introduce one ultimately to someone who is more advanced than ourselves. In other words, if we if we really want to help others to end their suffering permanently, not just for a short period of time, if we want them to end it permanently then we have to give them the knowledge that they need to understand the reasons that they're doing what they're doing and the reasons that they're having to suffer or enjoy in the way that they're doing. <clears throat> and those those reasons then are given. And and then once a, once such a person that we're, we're talking with, trying to remove the ignorance from, gains some uh, some degree of advancement in his spiritual life, then uh, then we want to introduce that person to someone else who is more advanced than we are. Because we understand that we can only help a person advance to the level that we ourselves are at. That we cannot help them advance beyond the level that we have obtained. And so then we lead them to other people, and there are so many great souls walking the planet right now who are, who are, are very um, unselfishly giving their time and giving their energies to help uh, remove the suffering from other persons who are also occupying the planet at this time. So one of the lessons then that we learn for today's world is that we recognize the futility of political involvement. In other words, devotees have been have been advised by Srila Prabhupada, don't get caught up in the in politics. Because even if you agree with one one side of the argument that is being presented by one political party, uh, and you and you favor another argument that is being presented by the other side. Still, until those persons who are presenting the arguments, in other words, the politicians or those who are interested in political movements, until they come to an understanding of who they are and where they have come from 
and what their relationship is to the other living entities on the planet. It's going to be very difficult for any of them to lead anyone in a way such that the suffering is diminished and eliminated. So in other words, instead of dealing with politics, Srila Prabhupada has recommended to us that we change people's hearts by giving them knowledge. That we change their hearts. And how else are they going to get the knowledge unless we who have been fortunate enough to receive it benedict them with that same knowledge? How, how is their suffering going to possibly end unless we tell them what is the cause of that suffering? So uh, we, we then we want to remain aloof from arguments with ignorant persons. We, in other words, even though we might uh, occasionally uh, fire off something on, on the Internet, either on, uh, um, on Facebook or, or some other means, uh, um, Instagram, even though we might fire off some political statement uh, that causes us to get a lot of, of response from persons who are thinking on in the opposite way. How much good will that actually do anyone anyhow, just because we present our point of view on there? To other people, it's, it's, it's worth no more, that just to hear our point of view, that's worth no more than anybody else's point of view. And so then we, if we really want to bring about a change in this material world, we have to do so on the basis of love for other people, not for trying to beat them over the heads with a hammer until they accept our point, which they're not going to do anyhow, are they? They might be coerced for a time into accepting our point of view, but eventually they're going to go back to their point of view that they originally had in the beginning. So uh, remaining aloof from arguments was one of the things. And, and one, one person in, in a class one time when Sri Tamal Krishna Goswami was giving a class in this temple room, one person said, what do we do about persons who uh, we encounter when we're out distributing literatures? And, and they, just, they just want to argue. We, we will give them an answer to one argument, and then they'll say, yes, but, and then they'll go on with another. And it just goes on continuously. And he said eventually, he thought for a moment, and uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami thought for a moment and said, well, maybe you just need to find somebody else to preach to. In other words, there's some people who are not going to be able to accept our opinion because their hearts are not changed. And unless unless we can somehow or other befriend them and and offer them our continual friendship, uh, it's, it's very unlikely that we're going to bring about any change in their way of thinking because they have not started to listen to us. And until we, until we gain a person's confidence, what is the possibility they're going to listen to us? And if they don't listen to us or if they don't uh, accept what we're saying, then that means that we have lost the argument means that no change has been brought about in that person's uh, attitude or behavior. No change. So it means no communication. And if we can't communicate with somebody else, how is it possible that we can ever get them to believe something that we believe? And unless we show them the benefits from accepting that belief, 
then what is the possibility that they're ever going to become attracted to it enough that they accept it and make that part of their lives? So this is this is part of our job then. Showing love in the midst of controversy. Not an easy thing to do, is it? Not easy to show love when you're in the middle of controversy with someone else. So what 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 do we get from this uh, from this uh, text that we've read today? And this again, once again, is text number twenty five in chapter eleven. It's one that I'm going back to, so uh, we'll let someone else talk about text number twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight tomorrow. Uh, that we uh, we we understand that Krishna will empower demoniac persons to come and create havoc in this material world. Uh, part of the reason for that is to satisfy those persons' desires themselves for power. Uh, uh, what do we say? Um, uh, distinction, distinction in society, adoration by other people. So fame, adoration, and distinction. Uh, so he gives them the opportunity to try to get those by performing their their nefarious acts. Uh, that cause other people to have to suffer. And what causes then uh, persons who seem innocent to suffer uh, from those persons who have gained power and who are demoniac in nature? It's their own reactions from previous activities that cause them to have to suffer in this lifetime. So until we get others to the point of realizing then the cause of their either enjoying in this material world or they're suffering in this material world. Until we get them to that point, we're not going to be able to change their way of acting. So in order to change their hearts, then we have to present knowledge to them that they don't have right now, and then show them by our own actions how it, what it looks like uh, to see a person who is following these teachings, just as the disciples of Srila Prabhupada, they saw in him a type of love that they had never seen in anyone before. Otherwise, how could he have attracted those those young men, those young women, away from being uh, their habit of being druggies, uh, from performing all kinds of uh, illicit sex, sexual activity, uh, from uh, stealing from other people? Uh, from damaging their own bodies. How could he have brought about a change in those persons unless he changed what was in their hearts? So Prabhupada has given us the instructions that we need, and he's also given us the example that we need to follow in order to bring about change in this world. It's not political involvement that's going... I mean, Tulsi Gabbard may be a very nice lady, and she's gotten so many accolades in the press... And there's another woman, uh, there's a uh, woman who has the Hispanic name, Ocasio, uh, Alejandra, is that her name? Alejandra Ocasio, something, can't remember. Anyhow, these, these two women have, uh, they seem to be in line for consideration to lead our country. And they, they might have all the good intentions in the world, but unless their hearts are changed, and they have the knowledge that Srila Prabhupada has brought into this world, then uh, how is it they're going to change the society that they want to lead? Impossible. Hare Krishna. That's all we have to say. Is anyone, does anyone want to make any comments? Yes, 
you're saying that sometimes persons have um, intelligence to perform pious activities? Very, very supportive? They're very supportive of the devotees, but then what is the question? Uh, yes, to have the intelligence to want to help other people is a good thing. And that certainly helps a person to come to the platform of goodness, material goodness. Um, and then, uh, it's, so it's, it's our responsibility uh, to help a person like that move from being just materially pious to being spiritually pious. In other words, to help them understand who they are, because even though they might be very pious persons and they might have lots of money at, at their disposal, like Bill and Melinda Gates, a lot of money at their disposal, and they're they're wanted, they're willing to spend millions of their own dollars trying to help people around the world to have computers and to gain internet access. But how is that changing the heart? That's really not changing the heart. So anyhow, sometimes people, uh, Balaram Prasad Prabhu, will ask devotees, then why aren't you why aren't you doing something that's actually practical to help relieve the suffering of people? But then there are all, all kinds of people already out there. I was reading, a, there was a little ad in, on Facebook yesterday that I happened to come across uh, about an organization that I have a very warm feeling to, and that is Doctors Without Borders. And, of course, they were they, the purpose of the ad was to try to get support for them, uh, some financial material support. So they're, they're doing something that is very pious, materially very pious. If, like if a, if a child is born with a cleft palate, or he has some some abnormality about his mouth that keeps him from looking like a normal child and from being able to speak like a normal child. There are persons who are willing to help them. And, you know, we feel very good about those persons. But unless they somehow give that child the, uh, the ability, give that parents of the child the ability to take that child away from the diet of animal flesh, and to take him away from other kinds of activities that are so prominent in the society that that child is being brought up in, what's going to be the future for that child? So we have to, as devotees, as devotees, then we we have to try to give knowledge to those persons who are themselves already pious people, because unless they accept the knowledge, they're going to continue with all of their habits. Uh, or they could. They could continue with their habits of, of the type of foods that they eat and the type, the way that they treat other people. Some people uh, may be very pious, but they may be medical doctors who perform abortions. And they think that they are helping to relieve the suffering of the women uh, whose body, from whose bodies they they take, they dismember and remove the the body of a child who who could uh, who could have taken birth and it become a normal functioning member of society, and so we wonder how could Krishna permit an innocent child then to have to go through that? And we, and I'm still working on the point that you brought up about the pious people who perform you know good activities for other people, but uh, if if Krishna if Krishna allows a person to uh, to think that uh, uh, that aborting a child for someone else is the way to help that person get on with their lives. 
then then that's a state of gross ignorance. And that all that's going to do is cause suffering, not only for the child who is aborted, but also for the mother who has who's requested or who's been forced to request uh, the, the abortion to be performed, and certainly for the person who is actually performing the abortion, a person who has spent a goodly portion of their lives learning how to heal other people and learning from the Hippocratian Oath, I think it's what it's called, the Oath, not to do anything to cause suffering to, to, to people. You know, the Hippocratic Oath, I guess it's what they call it, uh, that doctors have to take when they, when they move into becoming a really a full-time doctor. So the, uh, unless a person has been given knowledge of the Supreme Lord, unless a person has been given knowledge of who they are and who the other living entities are, even the, that living entity who has taken his, has gotten started in the body of his mother and he sees his body is developing into what will become a child if he's allowed to. But unless, unless those persons then are giving the knowledge then what is the possibility that just doing something good for other people to produce a temporary result, what good is that going to do in the long run? They really have to be given the knowledge of what they're doing to cause them and to cause other people to have to suffer. Because without that knowledge, they're going to continue acting in such a way that will cause other people to suffer and will ultimately cause they themselves to have to suffer. That okay? All right. Thank you all for listening in. Those of you who have been listening in online, and those who are listening in on the um, on the um, uh, what do we call the archived version of this class and other classes that are being presented here in this temple room. Uh, we thank you for taking the time to do that because you had to give up time that you might have been enjoying doing something else to listen to philosophy. Those of you who make it a point to listen every day to some philosophical discourse, either here in the temple or one that has been spoken by your own initiating spiritual master or person that you're uh, wishing to obtain initiation from, uh, if, you, if you are taking a part of your day to listen to some philosophy, if you're taking part of your day to read some philosophy, then uh, we we congratulate you because you're on the path, and you're you're going to be in the position to give knowledge to other people just simply from what you have heard, what you've read. So we will end here and say, Grantaraj Shimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Jai, Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam Ki Jai. And we offer our respectful obeisances to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are fallen, who are, who, who, uh, they try to keep, help those fallen conditioned souls. So we say, Bantakal Patarubhyas Cha Kripas Sindhavi Eva Cha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Anantakoti Vaishnavrindaki Jai. Everyone, uh, have a good day out there. Remember Lord Krishna, chant the holy names, and give knowledge to other people. Hare Krishna.